have to forgive me. I'm already crying. Good morning. I seem really loud. Greg. Uh, what do you say after I was sharing with someone yesterday. Um, it's not about what we did. It's about why we did it. Um, but what blows my mind is, why did God do that through me? Why didn't He use somebody else that's um, more worthy? Someone that's more perfect? Someone that deserves it? I don't deserve... Being able to do that. When we left for Belize, there was no doubt in their minds whatsoever that that's what we were supposed to do. When we got there, we were welcomed with love. People invited us in. They loved on us. They treated us like family. We spent the first five months working on paperwork just to be able to stay there. Um, getting to know people, meeting pastors. Um, the first five months was a, a little bit of an adjustment, um, learning their ways. Our lives in Belize was very simple, but yet so busy. We didn't have cable TV, so we had lots of quality time to love on kids, sit back on the back porch, talking and reading scriptures with young men and young women. Something we're missing today here. I really miss sitting really <clears throat> miss sitting on the back porch reading Scripture with young men. I miss getting texts in the middle of the night saying, hey, what's this Scripture mean? I love being challenged and in, in, in to work with my hands and in, in everything. I love being challenged. I'm not sure there's anything better than discipling and watching someone grow in the Lord. There was some very tough times when I would find out one of them had slipped and had done something wrong, but that didn't stop me from loving them and reaching out to them. The same as Jesus does for us. He, he will let us slip, but He will catch us. Raising Addie Grace was a joy. Giving her up was the hardest thing ever. I have to confess, when Addie Grace came, I said, let's hurry up and get this thing over with. We don't have time for this. we got ministry to do, but that was our ministry. God revealed that to me. That, that was our purpose. God slowly revealed that to me. After 16 months went by, I started preparing my, myself 
for her absence. I took several days to pray. I knew she would be leaving soon. I spent time in prayer for my wife. Addie had been by her side every day. After coming back to the States, I had to take some time to process what was going on. We had sold everything we owned just to move back three years later and start buying things back again. If I had been told three years ago I was going to Belize to care for a baby that was going to be adopted to Nicholsville, I would have never went. I would have said, we are not qualified. Find someone else. I was, it was all, I have always heard the words, God qualifies the call, but he doesn't necessarily qualify or call the qualified. To sum it up, God knew what he was doing. He had an ultimate purpose for that chapter in our lives. He gave us plenty to do to keep our hands busy while we were working behind the scenes, while he was working behind the scenes to place this child in our hands. Not only that, as he gave up, as we gave up this child to her family, God was working on her own. Looking back over time, God has taught us so much about life and ministry. We have had some hard times. We have had a lot of negative opinions. And many people just do not understand. I'm not sure if I would understand it if it happened, if it hadn't happened to me. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Belize. There's never a moment that I'm glad I'm back here. The last time I was in Belize was about a month ago. I was in in the workshop with Omar. And Omar said, Papa T, it's not the same. And God gave me a scripture. And if you would, I want you to stand with me. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's right after Proverbs. Start with verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the earth, under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them up. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away. God does it so that men may rever him. Whatever has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. 
Lord, I pray that you will speak your words out of my mouth. Use me and humble me at this time. And may you use those words to touch someone this morning. May I step out of the way in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was talking with Omar in the the old workshop and uh, he said it's not the same. I said, but Omar, it's so much better. Um, When I was there, I was teaching young men how to do woodworking. And at at today, these guys, uh, the the missionaries that are in in the, the now called the Roaring Creek Youth Center are teaching youth. Um, inviting them in every day to do whatever. And I said, it's so much better. And I, I said, at one point it was a workshop. Today it's a youth center. Who knows what it's going to be 10 years from now or even two months from now. There's a season and a time for everything. I am a disciple with a purpose of reproducing disciples wherever God has me. And whatever I am doing, I don't have to be in Belize to make disciples. There are people here starving for attention. Starving for someone to accept them. Starving for someone just to spend time with them. They're looking for the basics of how to live. We don't have time for that. This life is not about me. It's about Him and how He wants me to live. Following Christ is not easy, but it is very rewarding. The greatest thing I have learned since I was in Belize is what does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is one that has been born again, baptized, and taught to obey everything God has commanded. A disciple is someone whose ultimate goal is to walk, talk, and love as Jesus did. A disciple will reinforce the principles Jesus had in mind for reaching the world. A true follower will deny himself. Luke chapter 9, if you want to turn there. Verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels." A true follower will deny himself. What does it mean to deny yourself? It means to give up who you are. It means to give up what you want. It means to refuse who you are. Walk away from who you are. Surrender what you are. It becomes God's will, not your will. It becomes what God wants for you. You know, I am a carpenter by trade. I am a disciple by God's calling. I am a carpenter for a few years. I am a disciple for eternity. We need to decide who are we for eternity. 
Who are you going to be for eternity? I talk to a lot of people. And some people just don't care. Some people think that they can just go through this life, showing up on, at church on Sunday, filling the seat, leaving church, and not coming back until the next week, and doing nothing all week. In the beginning, when God called the disciples, He said, come and follow me. He didn't say, pastors, come and follow me. He didn't say, Sunday schools, come and follow me. He didn't say, those under 60, come and follow me. He said, come and follow me. That means every single person in this building. That means every single person in this world. And in the end, God said, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. A lot of people say, making disciples is for the pastor. Making disciples is for the missionaries. Making disciples is for the teachers. It's really hard to make a real disciple in a Sunday school class. Making disciples is a one-on-one conversation. It's a one-on-one relationship. It's spending quality time with that person. You know, um, I have had a lot of men in this church disciple me. Um, Since I've been back, not so much. It becomes hard to do. I have noticed being back here after being in in Belize for three years with a a country that is laid back and everybody, the country of Belize, um, when something comes up in the family or something comes up with friends or something comes up in the church, everybody drops everything and they go running to that person. And this culture that we live in here, it's all about me. It's all about what I have to do. We, We don't, we are so busy with our own activities. We're so busy with Facebook and TV and the internet. All those things that we don't see what's going on around us. I have, since I've been here for four or five months, whatever it is, I have seen myself drifting to that point, And I don't like it. I don't like being so busy That if someone calls on me, I can't go. A disciple is willing to go at any point and take care of a need of another person. To pray with them, to talk to them on the phone, whatever. A disciple is ready to surrender. Your will is God's will. Being a disciple is... Stepping away from your desires and taking on God's desires. Jesus was really serious when he was talking to his followers about what it would take. Matthew 8.21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, I've read the wrong one. 8.21. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. 
But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. We were in Belize for almost three years and every time we'd come home, somebody would say, man, I just couldn't do that. When when Jesus is up here and the rest of the world is down here, you're going to do whatever he says to do. But if your family, let's jump over to Luke chapter 14, verse 25. This page is actually ripped out of my Bible, so I may miss a couple places here. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to him. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother and his wife and his children and his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Pretty sure that page is gone, that piece. Um, what, what they're saying, if you're not willing to put Jesus up here above your family, yes, your kids, that, that's tough, man. Um, your mother, your father, if you're not willing to put Jesus up here, you can't be a disciple. Jesus wants to be everything. God created you and He wants everything. He created you. He created your kids. He created your mother. He created your father. He created all of that. And we need to put Him on a pedestal. And if He says, come and follow me, it means everything. I don't think we understand that. We have a lot of people today that say they're followers, but more than anything, they're fans. They're fans of Jesus. They don't want to follow Him and do what He says. It's so much more than memorizing the Great Commission. We all know what that Scripture is. It's something else to live it. Let's look at discipleship in today's 2013 world. I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick Mark. I, we can pick on Mark. Mark works at Lowe's. If Jesus was working at Lowe's today, how would he live that life? We're jumping 2,000 years here. We know how Jesus lived his life and how he taught his disciples to live. How is it today? Let's say... Jesus is working at Lowe's as a salesman. Do you think he's going to slide something underneath the table that is not correct? Do you think that he's going to reach out to his co-workers and make sure they all know that where he stands and who he believes in? Let's say that we work at a jewelry store. Do you think that if Jesus was in that jewelry store, every single person that walks in that door would know about Him? Do you think that everybody that came in there with a, 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 a look on their face that Jesus would reach out to them? Do you think that if a young person come in there looking for the next step in life, Jesus would take the time and sit down with them and disciple them? Do we have time for that? Do we even want to do that today? 
That's the question I have for you. Do you actually want to make disciples? Or do we just want to just keep going down this road of it's about me. It's, we don't care about anybody else anymore. Being a disciple is about love. Loving each other. Helping each other. Discipling each other. As iron sharpens iron, we are to sharpen one another. We're not take, supposed to take the axe and turn it around and swing it at the other. We're to sharpen each other. We are to be one body working for the same cause. What is the cause? To reach every single person in this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, disciple them so that they can go and make reproducing disciples. If we don't keep doing the same thing over and over, it's going to die. I read something where 300 and some churches a year now are just folding under and their pastors are walking off and uh, they're quitting the ministry. There's been a lot of negative comments to us, to me, people thinking that I just walked away from the ministry. I didn't walk away from the ministry. I'm walking with Jesus. Jesus knows what He's doing. I have no idea what He's doing. But I'm waiting. And my hands will not be idle while I'm waiting. He has a purpose for every single day of our lives. I don't care if you're 85 or if you're 5. You're here on this earth for a reason. And it's to continue making disciples. Satan has and will continue to distract this world and tear people apart. Especially God's people. When we become disciples, then we must become disciple makers. Raising up young people to be disciples. It is not an option for a Christian. Jesus didn't say some of you. He didn't say missionaries, pastors, young people, old people. He said all of you. He is telling you this morning to go and make disciples. It should be our goal to raise up someone to take our spot. I don't care what you're doing in life. It really doesn't matter. We need to be raising up someone else to turn that over to. One of the hard things for me in Belize was, you know, um, even though it's God's ministry, when, when you start something, you consider it your baby. Your baby. Um, and when, when it, it come time to leave Belize, it's okay, who, what am I going to do with this? I have been raising up people. There was a missionary that came down to Belize in January the, January the 7th. I built them a house as soon as they got there. And I began to disciple them. Interesting thing, they're in their 50s. But God allowed me to disciple them in how I was doing things in Belize. And then He took on that position of continuing to raise up my boys. The boys that I had been discipling. And he still is today. Jesus taught. He raised up. And he handed it over. And then he sent them out.
We are here for a short, short, short time. Eternity is forever. It, it just, I was back there crying to Alex going in the water. We don't know what Alex is going to be in 10 years from now. But I will do my part to raise him up to be something. And if any way possible, I'll release everything I have to him and let him carry it on. That is our job. Raise up reproducible disciples and give it to them. What does making disciples look like at Kingsway? Are we making disciples? Your children and grandchildren learn from copying you. What are you teaching your kids? If we don't teach and raise our kids in Christ, the world's going to teach them out of Christ. Look at the kids today. It's obvious, guys. If you're not willing to reach out to your your grandkids and bring them to church, if we're not willing to drive down the road the extra mile to pick up someone and bring them to church, the world's going to take them. It is our job. The question is, are you willing to do it? Ask yourself, if Jesus had my job, if he lived at my house, in my community, what would he be doing? People should be able to tell you are a follower of Jesus, not from a tattoo on your body, not from a bumper sticker on your vehicle, not from the shirt that you wear during the week, but how you live. How are you living today? What is holding you back? We are not perfect people. I am so imperfect. I am I am in all of what God would allow me to do as imperfect as I am. But the main thing is is I keep putting one foot in front of the other and I keep pushing forward. We can spend days, years, hours with someone. Put in a whole lot of time. Answer the phone every night for someone calling, needing something. And then to find out two years later that they've messed up. So be it. It's our job to continue pushing forward. We all mess up. We have to love one another and keep moving forward. How are you doing at following Jesus? Are you a follower? Are you a fan? Are you a disciple? Are you willing to carry out what Jesus told us and told us to do? But the greatest of them is love. Are we willing to love each other? Are we willing to... Forget about the past and move on. One of the hardest things for me to do was to show this video. As much as I miss Belize, and, and I'm going again in two weeks, and um, as long as the Lord allows me, I will keep going down there every chance I get. Forget 
this world. Forget what work I've gotten. It doesn't matter. What matters is the discipleship that I have with the young man in Belize and that I don't cut it off. I have to continue doing what I'm doing. I had one young one lady tell me uh, a few months ago when I went, she said, ain't you worried about buying shoes for your child that's on the way? You need to stay at home. The way I look at that is, you know, I let some other child buy the shoes for my child. I'm going to Belize to continue what God is doing. One day at a time. Every day when we woke up in Belize, we said, okay, Lord, what is it today? And that's really the way we lived. I wish the United States was like that. To where we wasn't so pushed and on schedules and had to do everything just so perfect. Why can't we just live and, and be ourselves and, and not be so cram-packed full of activities? But what I have found out is we do that to ourselves. We allow ourselves to get so piled up in worldly activities that have no eternal value. I want you to search yourself. If you have things in your life that has no eternal value, that will not matter in eternity, is it worth dealing with? Are you willing to carry out what Jesus taught us and told us to do? I have one more video and I'm done. Then Todd, after the video, you can take over. Thank you. I don't follow an idea. I don't follow a religion. I follow no ordinary person. I walk in the steps of one man. One man who wasn't afraid. He spoke with truth and grace. He stood up, took on sin face to face. There is no one else like him. He makes the heavens with his breath. He brings redemption with his death. He came to save the wayward world of sin. Father. A savior. My God. My friend. The blind see, the deaf hear, the dead live with him. He has every right, but he doesn't condemn. He came to give freedom from darkness. A heart to the heartless. Love to the loveless. Courage that starts with faith in him who will never fail. That's the one I follow. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He called my name. He told me to take up my cross. To go tell the story. To love and to serve. To speak it boldly. So I will stand up for him. Some may laugh. Some will judge. My flesh will cry out, but I won't give in to the selfish urge. To live for someone or something that has never stared death in the face. Only to rise in victory from the grave. He is for me. Who could ever stand against? So with trembling hands, I'll no longer sit on the fence. Lip service is not enough. I won't just sit in a pew. I won't bite my tongue. Before him and through him, I will run. He has marked our race. And from the start to the finish, I will seek his face. I will live and I will love like Jesus by the power of the spirit that he gave us.
I will give up what I cannot keep to gain what I cannot lose. I'll be a disciple. Will you?